My mom wears her bold shirt every day. Every mom should wear a bold movement. I love matching my mama. I love having a bold mom. And right now, you can receive free shipping on all orders over $50. Don't forget to check out our Bible studies. Go out and be bold. Hey, guys. Hey, welcome back to Season 4, Episode 2 of the wonderful Old Testament Minor Prophet. Hosea. Hosea in the house. I think I did that last time too. I'm really into that. (laughs) We are super excited to share with you the rest of chapter one. Last week we covered the introduction. If you are new here, please pause this podcast and go back to the first episode so that way you can keep this book in context, understanding it from the beginning to the end. We are so excited to dive into this with you. And without further ado, you don't want to miss Megan's geeking out on the history of Israel. (laughs) I got a little geeky there. (laughs) (laughs) It's good stuff. And I was really holding back because my husband always tells me, don't nerd out too hard. You want to keep them, keep them entertained, keep them focused. So I think we, I think we did a good job with that. You did. You did great. We did. It was a group group effort. (laughs) Group effort. Because you got a little nerdy, too, and I liked it. <laughs> oh, well. All right. Well, so enjoy our... back for this episode. Yes, welcome back and enjoy our little intro song, and we'll see you on the other side. So today we are going to be reading from the English Standard Version, and let's go ahead and start with verses two and three. And I moved right. my paper where I couldn't see it. Do you want to read these in? Yeah, I've got it. Yeah. Go, girl. <laughs> when the Lord first spoke through Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, go, take to yourself a wife of whoredom and have children of whoredom, for the land commits great whoredom by forsaking the Lord. <laughs> So I'm sorry, can you to... repeat that? <laughs> one more time. <laughs> so one time my um when we were taking long trips um somewhere, my mom would have us open up the book, um, the Bible, you know, the book, the, the book, book, the great book, and just start reading and we would have a little devotional. Well, I was like, I opened up the book and I was like, Hosea, hmm. And I was probably 10, so I was like, I don't know anything about this Jeez. guy. And so I start reading, and she was like, okay, let's pick another book. That's for another season of parenting. Because I was like, Mom, I didn't know we were allowed to say whore so much. And she was like, we are not. Three (laughs) times in one verse, in fact. That's right. So let's go over that really quick. I do want to acknowledge that at the very first phrase that is used here, when the Lord first spoke through Hosea. And this suggests that this is the very first thing um, that God was speaking. This is, as we discussed last week, um, part of a prophetic genre. And so Hosea is an oracle. So this is something that God has told Hosea to communicate to um, Israel and Judah in the state that they're in. And this is the very beginning of it. So do you want to say anything about that? Do you want to start it off and then I'll follow up? Yeah, sure. Um, okay, cool, cool, cool. So, 
So Hosea, um, he's just, as we talked about this last episode, he is a prophet, minor prophet, and um, God used him to tell this really huge and kind of sad, but then hopeful story. <laughs> um, but a lot of people will ask this question, like, how could you have this prophet marry a, well, in the words of the Bible, a woman of whoredom? Um, but it's it's really a great... <laughs> Giggle. How uncomfortable um, does that make you? <laughs> it's so uncomfortable. It's so uncomfy, but you know what? We're rolling with it. It's good. That's right. Um, no, anyway, it's it's actually, I love this story because it's such a picture of Jesus. And I think I mentioned it in the last episode as well that um, Hosea is a really clear picture of um, you know, when you look at the Old Testament, sometimes it's kind of hard to see where Jesus is in those stories. But this one is, um, I mean, you can really see it because you have this prophet that God uses, um, tells him to marry this this woman who's going to be unfaithful to him over and over and over again. Um, and he chooses to go into this covenant, this marriage with her, um, has kids with her, so builds a life with her, um, even though she's willful and wayward, which, um, you know, as we talk about she is also a metaphor for the people of God, which, um, you know, applying that to our daily life today is also <laughs> us. We are wayward and we are willful and we don't always choose God and he chooses us every time. So yeah, this first, this first verse is just setting up this story of who Hosea is and his purpose throughout the rest of the chapters that he is going to, God's going to use his marriage as a picture of Christ's God's marriage to us. Um, his covenant and, you know, historically God's relationship with Israel. Um, they were a willful and wayward people. So just setting that up. Absolutely. Um, I think it's really interesting um, in the first part, Hosea does not even give an inclination of how he feels about this command yeah. from God. He yeah. doesn't say like, I don't want to marry this <laughs> lady of the night, to put it nicely. <laughs> Because I'm uncomfortable <laughs> saying it too. Um, and he doesn't really give any thought uh, or any glimpse into what he's thinking or how he feels, which yeah. leads us to believe that this is so important theologically to the concept and story, as you were saying, of the book of Hosea. And so it's straight to the point. This is the most important point, or at least one of the most important points, as we're going to learn there's a second aspect to the story in the next couple of verses. Um, but this is so important and integral to the rest of the story. So let's get it straight away so that you guys completely understand. So I just wanted to toss that out there as well. Yeah, no hesitation. He just obeyed God. That was yep. as simple as it was because he knew it was important and it's important for us to be listening to it. Um, <laughs> the last thing... Oh, <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> the last thing that I wanted to comment on is it says he, uh, in verse three, so he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Deblame, and she conceived and bore him a son. And I wanted to just make a note that the fact that it gives her a name and tells the name of her father, um, this is a real person. This is not a yep. story. I don't believe it's an allegory because typically we're not going to give so much um, detail if it was. Yep allegorical so this is something that really happened um she has a name she is a person and i think that's really important to to acknowledge as we continue on with this story yeah it's a real moment in history all right let's move on to verse four and five and the lord said to him 
Call his name Jezreel, for in just a little while I will punish the house of Jehu for the blood of Jezreel, and I will put an end to the kingdom of the house of Israel. And on that day I will break the boat of Israel and the valley of Jezreel. I don't have too, too many notes here because I talked a little bit about Jehu and what was happening here in our introduction um, and all of the, when we were talking about the falling of the kings of Israel. So I don't have too many notes. Do you have anything you want to mention here, Em? Yeah, I just have one quick little thing. Um, Jezreel, this is actually, um, at least in the ESV, um, Mm -hmm. the only one of the children whose name is not like uh, translated for us. It's just the original Jezreel, which um, the meaning of the name means God will sow. And that's because God had declared he would avenge the blood of Jezreel on the house of Jehu. Like it was a family issue here that he was going to redeem eventually. Um, But I don't know what really the importance of that is honestly but other than you know um that he gets a name like a yeah yeah but the other two at least in my um in esv you'll see they have english translation of their names which there's also the the original but um i do have a note about jezreel too that, that they would be children of whoredom oh that's from that's actually from the verse before um but the importance of hearing that is um, they were children who would become like their mother. So the purpose of saying they were children of whoredom is that not only is Gomer this one who abandons her husband for other lovers, but then the children will also abandon their father for other um, support systems and um, looking for different ways to be to prosper. Mm-hmm. So. I do want to backtrack a little bit to the first couple of verses like you did. If you have studied Hosea on your own in the past and you're looking for a little more in-depth study, I do want to mention and kind of do a hat tip and acknowledge, we do realize that there is this great debate between, um, and Emily and I were just talking about this prior to coming on and recording, there is a debate among scholars, was Gomer... um, promiscuous prior to the marriage is Mm -hmm. something that took place after they were married was it that she was divorced and it was promiscuous because it wasn't a biblical divorce um we're not going to dive too deep into that simply because most of that is speculation and what we're trying to do as um working through this uh expository oh my gosh Working through this in an expository um, (laughs) method. Oh my gosh. Try to English five times fast, right? Um, As we're working through it, we want to give you things that are biblical truths when their opinion will tell you their opinion. But when something is left to that much speculation, I'm going to... I'm going to maybe bring it up and just say, oh, look more into it if you're interested, but I'm not going to try to sway you one way or the other, but I do want to let you guys know that that is something that we have talked about among ourselves, but it's not something we're willing to go into full detail or to try to dissect while we talk here because that would take up our entire 20 minutes. So and it's (laughs) it's not one of those things that that changes the the main theme of the story. Exactly. Whether she was unfaithful before doesn't really matter. What matters is she was unfaithful after they were married. And that's that's the key focus here is that she was not a faithful wife. So. Absolutely. All right, Em, do you want to read verses six and seven? Yep, I can do that. Cool, cool. Um, let's see. So she conceived again and bore a daughter. And the Lord said to him, call her name no mercy, for I will no more have mercy on the house of Israel to forgive them at all. But I will have mercy on the house of Judah and I will save them by the Lord their God. 
I will not save them by the bow or by sword or by war or by horses or by horsemen. Yes, conceive again and bore a daughter, call her name no mercy, um, because there will be no mercy in the house of Israel, but he will have mercy on the house of Judah. If you remember last week, we talked about how Judah was kind of like the good guys and Israel um, is just a hot stinking mess full of anarchy. Kings are killing one another and God is just fed up with it. He's not surprised by it. He knows it's happening. But now is the time to speak to the Israelites and say, get your act together. I'm not going to have mercy on you. I'm done. Yep. Which, how scary. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You know, um, I have a note that no mercy also means not loved. So um, God would no longer show his love but show his judgment, which, you know, I hesitate to say that he would no longer show his love. God is loving in his judgment, you know. but in the sense of how we see love being shown, he he's saying this is it's no longer going to be this, you know, the mercy. <laughs> You're not going to get the mercy that I've been giving you. I'm going to stop giving you chances. Um, my husband had to do that with my daughter today <laughs> because she was disobeying. And, you know, he gave her grace and gave her mercy and she kept disobeying. And then finally it's like, you know what? It's time for a little judgment. So... <laughs> As oh. any good any good dad would do to bring their yeah. children back to him. Absolutely. This is what he does. Um, there is one thing I wanted to point out, and I'm trying to get my notes there, and they're just taking forever to scroll. Um, my computer's moving slowly, so forgive me, guys. Um I'm so, the bird background while we're waiting here though. Yeah, that's exactly right. Here it is. Um, I'll cut out that long pause. Um, When we are talking about the no mercy or no loved, right? Remember, this is a name given to a little girl. um, And it is communicating rejection from her father. So Mm. not only is it just this little girl being rejected by her uh, father, Hosea, or the implications of like the allegorical effects here, but this is also talking about God rejecting Israel. And for a culture that is so child-centered as Israel was, it's kind of difficult to imagine and a little wild that he would do that. You know, that he would um, go to that extent. Um, Something else I wanted to bring up is in chapter 6, or in chapter 7, forgive me, it says, um, I will not save them by bow or by sword or by war or by horses or by horsemen. Um, That's really interesting to me because I, I found myself wondering, I did not find anything in the commentary, so this is completely my opinion. Let me preface with that. Um, It's interesting that he's not going to save them by force or by revolution i guess you could say the same way that people expected jesus to um lead this revolution and save israel from Mm, rome and i wonder if that is kind of a wink a god wink i like to say at like what is to come in the future it's like i have my own way and the battle that we're fighting i need you to trust me and just know that like Ultimately, I have this plan, um, and it's probably not looking like the one you have. Do you think I'm way off base here with that? No, I don't. And I even just looking at, you know, these 
bow, sword, war, horses, horsemen, those are all human means. So those yeah. are all things that have to be done by man where God is clearly saying here, like, it's going to be all me. It's not going to yeah. be anything that you can take credit for. And I agree. I mean, it's the same thing that Jesus did. It, it was unexpected. It was, he came as a baby. He didn't come as this political figure that they all expected him to come. And it wasn't by this big battle, you know, Peter tries to get into this fight when they start to take Jesus and Jesus is like, nope, like this is, this is not it, bro. <laughs> yeah. And so, like when he entered into Jerusalem, he entered in on a donkey, a donkey. not a war horse. And yeah. there's actually a lot of symbolism there yeah. as a wink to some of the intertestamental things that happen. So um, yeah. I'd love to dive yeah, more into that. that later. Awesome. All right. Verses eight and nine. When she had weaned no mercy, she conceived and bore a son. And the Lord said, call his name, not my people, for you are not my people and I am not your God. Okay. Listen, I am not a mom personally. I'm a stepmom, but I have never had a baby, but I could not imagine having a baby and finally getting her weaned off and then having another baby. And then it's just like, boom, 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 boom with all these kids. (laughs) And that just seems like a lot. And I just wanted to toss that out there. I know that has really nothing to do with this story. I just wanted to acknowledge like, wowza, that's a lot of babies really quick. Yeah, it is. And to have them be born under these circumstances, like being told your baby is going to be called not my people because you're not my people, not your God. <laughs> like, whew, just a lot of emotions there that it's easy to just read scripture like, you know, as it is, but there's there's emotion behind it and there's real people behind it that experience real things. And yeah, yep. It, I cannot imagine having babies boom, boom, boom like that. Even mine, mine are two and a half years apart and it was, whew, roller coaster. <laughs> Something I want to toss out there, it's not uncommon for prophets to name their children um, in such a manner to reflect what's going on in the culture. Isaiah did it. The thing that's different here with Hosea is that he is doing it right off the bat and he's telling you exactly what's happening, which signifies this is the point. I want you guys to focus and not miss. This is the point. Again, this is uh, poetic. It's allegorical, it's prophetic, and so we're going to help you guys define as we continue on in the next couple of chapters what that means and what these things represent, but it's a really good time for us to get our hands wrapped around Gomer, not my people, I'm not your God, um, no mercy, and Jezreel. We need to wrap our minds around these so that way as we continue on throughout the rest of the book, we have a good, solid understanding of what's going on. Yep. Okay. Why don't you knock out 10 and 11? Okay. Yet the number of children of Israel shall be like the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or numbered. And in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people, it shall be said to them, children of the living God. And the children of Judah and the children of Israel shall be gathered together and they shall appoint for themselves one head and they shall go up from the land for great shall be the day of Jezreel. Wow. What do you got there? Oh, there's so much hope there. Because you start with this beginning part of of what he's telling them. There's going to be a punishment. You are disobedient, disobedient family, disobedient wife, disobedient children. And yet, I love that, that word in verse 10. Yet, the number of children of Israel shall be like the sand of the sea. He's saying that where I say you're not my people... It's going to change to where you're children of the living God. And 
where I say they're going to be gathered together and appointed the, to themselves. Just There's just so much hope in this verse. And I love that um, it's not just doom and gloom because it's easy to look at Old Testament and think that it's a different God. Think that he's just this God of judgment and anger and wrath. Um, but man, when you really read the Old Testament, he's the same God. He's no different. He, Yes, there is wrath. There's wrath in the New Testament too. But there's also this loving God who says, but that's not the end of it. Like the wrath is never the end of it. I'm a loving God and I'm here and I want to redeem. He's a redeeming God. So I love that that's, that's how he ends this first section, that it's not just um, the sadness of the first part of that story. Yeah. Um, after the warning of transition, he reaffirms the ancient covenant promise of Abraham. And yeah. as we stated again last week, I'm just like reiterating, we did say that there was a lot of um, information coming from the Pentateuch from the first five books of the Bible. And this is already starting. We're already starting to see that. Um, and so I'm really excited to continue this. I'm, I love Hosea. I love the book and I think it has great meaning. So yeah. Um, we're right at our time, and we want to respect your time as you guys are listening to our podcast. Um, so thank you for tuning in. Um, if you like us, would you please like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts? Give us a five-star rating. As per usual, if you don't like us, don't touch the rating. We enjoy what we've got. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Love> make, <laughs> yes, make sure to tell a friend about us. Um check us out we are an extension of the bull movement a women's ministry that is dedicated to helping women grow in their faith and understanding of scripture you can check us out at www.thebullmovement.com or you can financially support us at patreon.com forward slash the bull movement emily do you have anything else to add sister <laughs> thanks for joining us guys we're so thankful for you all we're so thankful all right guys <laughs> until next time go out and be bold